So welcome back to the Barbell Bikini and Biz pod- podcast. Uh, that's a great start, isn't it? That is literally the best start. And that is just the summer of my life right now. Like everything in my life seems to be going wrong. And I can't even introduce my own podcast. But I'm going to keep it in. I'm going to keep it real just to let you know that no one's perfect. Even me. But I'm joined today by my good friend Becca. And a funny fact is this is actually the second time I was trying to record this. We attempted it last week and... I don't even know what happened like everything just went wrong didn't it It just kept freezing and cutting out and so we just thought you know what this is just not even worth it the amount of editing this is going to have to do so we said let's just give it a week let zoom sort itself out and here we are and today we're going to be talking about all things flexible dieting the benefits of flexible dieting and looking also a bit at restrictive dieting as well and the negative implications of having a diet that is over restricted but if people don't know who you are, Becca, introduce yourself and a couple of fun facts about yourself. And you've had a week to prepare for this now because we've already done this. So I'm expecting three really good ones. I've, I'm going to have to think because I actually haven't prepared the facts. But anyway, uh, my name is Becca. I'm the owner of uh, Be Strong. And pretty much I just help women um, to work on their goals, work on their mindset, get a better relationship with exercise, their body and food. Um, so that's a little bit about me and what I do. Um, and I'm obviously an online coach as well, um, just to add that. So fun facts about me. I'll use the two I said last week and I'll have to think of one off the top of my head. Um, fun fact is um, if you listen to my podcast, I talk about crystals all the time and I've even got some with me now so I'm a bit of a crystal nerd um I absolutely love tattoos I've got quite a lot of them um and I really should know another one now um my dog has dementia can we say that's a fun fact no that'll do I'm excited I didn't even really know that was a thing until you mentioned it just then so that'll do if you bought I'll apologize because uh yeah I didn't even know it was a thing until it happened but yeah that's about as fun as my life gets at the minute yes well it's fun enough but let's move on to today's topic and we're going to be talking about flexible dieting and the reason I wanted to bring Becca on to talk about it is because it's something that she's so big on I mean even says it in her Instagram bio pretty much like you know I help women to sort of have a flexible diet you know not over restrict and I thought well perfect she's got a very similar philosophy to me when it comes to not being over restrictive with dieting so I thought boom let's get her on let's hear her thoughts her experiences and I think she'll be able to provide us with some good knowledge bombs when it comes to all of this stuff so let's turn the clocks back a little bit and um, sort of the start of your health and fitness journey and you're so big on you know being flexible with your dieting and not over restrictive has this mindset and mentality come from your own journey and if so what have you experienced and how did you get from where you were to where you are now um, yeah, so I've definitely not always had the relationship with food that I've had, like I've got now. Um, I'd say a few years back, hmm, in fact, I'd probably say it started from school, to be honest. Um, you know, the whole comparison um, bullying and all that kind of stuff, which I listened to your podcast with day and I know you relate to that, which I didn't know. Um, so, you know, not you know, fitting in that kind of stuff. And you had a lot of hoo-ha go off at school. Um, so I think it started with me, like my relationship with my body, which then transitioned into a negative relationship with food. Um, so, you know, the restrictive food, like definitely not eating enough calories and um, getting very, very obsessed with it. Um, I've done the detoxes. I've done the, the, the pills, the potions, all that fun stuff. Um, just in hopes for me, I think it was to... Um, try and change my body so that for a sense of approval which is the wrong thing to do but I know that now um, and then also it just it was a sense of control that I got over food and um, so yeah I took that quite far um, I, I was didn't have an eating disorder but I definitely had disordered eating habits and um, so that's kind of how it started with me and um, did that for quite a while got into the gym 
did do cardio excessively at the beginning and then eventually got into doing weights. I started to read more, learn more and understand, you know what, I can actually eat food and I don't have to fear it because, you know, I missed out on birthday cake and everything on my own birthday when I like a few years ago. So from there, I just started to eat more, gain some muscle. And from there, I've just, you know, improved my food relationship, a lot of mindset work, which made me realize, do you know what? So many women are stuck in yo-yo dieting. They are stuck in this restrictive diet. They are so unhappy. It really does make you so unhappy and miserable. And I was like, I want to use my experiences and a lot of the knowledge I've learned um, to kind of just help women get out of that instead of having to do it for years upon years and just get them in a better place with food. And so I would say, majority of the women that come to me have some form of food relationship that needs working on and that is probably like a big niche of mine that I work on as well so that's kind of how it started for me and how I've got into doing what I do now Mm -hmm. no that makes sense and would you say that a lot of your own personal experiences and the struggles you've had is why you are so passionate about the flexible dieting approach that you deliver with your coaching 100% I think when you've gone through it or similar things you get such like an emotional like attachment to the topic that you could just read about it and you have so much passion about it like if anybody speaks to me you'll know about it in this podcast about food relationships I just start talking really fast because I just I've got so much passion behind it and I know how much it can um can we swear on this podcast go for it it can completely fuck up your life basically. Um, and I don't want that to happen for people. So I think through, I don't ever think we can stop a lot of the restriction because companies are companies, but I think if we can educate and really just help, not just women, people in general, men, women, anyone to just really learn about things and just understand their bodies more then they will not be swayed by this and they can create a lifestyle for themselves. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much, um, that I don't know if I went off topic on that to be honest no no that was that was perfect now I actually did a post on this the other day I came across this article it was about 25 um I think it says 25 diet hacks that work or something like that and it was it was honestly it's hilarious I need to like send you it um I've actually done a podcast my other podcast with Grace we, we basically talk through every single point and it's it's so that'll be out that'll be out before this is out um, just to confuse people with timings there like like Doctor Who back in time folding time but um honestly it's hilarious but the, what I what I touched upon in the post is basically saying that the reason these sort of fads and articles and things get so much traction and people I think buy into them is because it it sounds easy or it's a quick fix and I think we talked about it before the last podcast died is that people in this world want instant no we live in a world of convenience don't we We live in a world where you can just tap your phone you can get something amazon you order something on amazon now it can come the same day like, this is how convenient yeah. this world is right now and i think people don't want to do things or or take a slower route everyone just expects things to happen and when a lot of these fads articles are basically giving you these really simple things to do just you know just 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 drink green tea just drink green tea and the pounds will come off don't eat after six and the pounds will come off very very simple things and it's like oh oh, I can do that easy and especially the language like pounds will shed off the pounds will fly off drop a stone you know all of these um, you know big big changes and create some big expectations when I think we know the reality is that it's not as quick a fix 
it does take a yeah. bit more hard work and not it's not impossible but it, it's not as simple do you think this is a reason why even with the great information that is still out there the amount of educated people like yourself who offer their services do you think this is why so many people are potentially still stuck into this rut of buying into restrictive based approaches or fads that don't really have any merit or value behind them absolutely i feel like they like they try and sex it up a bit don't they They make it nice and sexy with people Um, and people see it and they think oh my gosh like four weeks this is going to be amazing now on the surface it does and you probably are going to get results i'm not going to lie because it's that restrictive Mm. but then i say like they don't tell you about the aftermath no, or don't. what you experience after. Yeah, okay, you've got four weeks shred and you're going to like probably lose quite a lot. But what are you going to do afterwards? Because you can't live off that for the rest of your life. And yeah. what's going to happen to your food relationship? What's going to happen to your relationship with your family? Because maybe you have less energy and you're going to be really snappy. Or maybe there's so many effects of it afterwards that they don't tell you about. And oh, yeah. you see it a lot with like these big four week transformation things and people look at them and go oh my gosh I need that but then I'm like but what's behind the image like what has actually happened from this restrictive diet and so many things happen from it that I think we need that people need to be aware of that it can look good on the surface but what does it actually look like like underneath yeah 100 percent. that's a huge issue and I think even with the industry that we're in to be honest like you see these transformation posts that people post you know um look at what my client has done in eight weeks and it's amazing but and you know this could very well happen with coaching as well if if in the wrong hands it could be a very you know very restrictive diet I've seen some programs that people have given out and it's horrendous it is like these restrictive diet approaches and again eight week transformation brilliant she's done fantastic but what's happened and I'm sure you've heard of it from potentially our clients or people have come to you they're horror stories of yeah I lost this weight but I was so tired I had no energy I was eating like carrots for five meals a day and nothing else and it's horrendous absolutely horrendous and I think yeah I definitely think it's quite a scary thing and I think people I think as well in like our profession people think well obviously we do but some people I personally think misuse the title coach Mm. Um, and I think that they think they've got this level of authority and these women or men they listen to it because you do you have the authority of the coach and I think in that position you can't mislead or misuse people because they are gonna follow what you say nine times out of ten and you've got to use that that authority and that position to actually help somebody not just mess their head up with food or their body and I think a lot of coaches not a lot a few still do misuse the title and just fuck people over oh god yeah 100% and I think what you actually said there is actually a really good point these people as well nine times out of ten aren't actually coaching because coaching is about looking at someone where someone is now so say they come to you with a restrictive diet and restrictive mentality and they're struggling, which I think I get a lot of people like that and I'm sure you do as well. Coaching is then about delving deeper into that, looking at behaviours, guiding through people through things, not just saying go be flexible, it's teaching, it's educating, it's motivating. These yeah. people who just who probably mess up people further are what I like to call, they're not coaches, they're prescribers there's your diet plan yep. there's nutrition plan go do it have you lost weight this week fab let's keep doing it oh you haven't let's let's cut food even more restrictive let's go from five carrots a day to four and yeah. it's, it's it's so wrong 
it's so wrong yeah. but again it's that authority figure and it's, it's the same with anything right if you go to the doctors and you're you have no idea what's wrong with you i'll use me for example yesterday i went to a physio and i have no idea what's wrong with my shoulder now, theoretically speaking, and I'd like to think this isn't the case, that woman could have completely lied to me and made up some absolute rubbish about what's wrong with my shoulder. And the exercises she's told me to do may be total rubbish. But because yeah. I've got no idea about this field, I'm quote unquote desperate because I've got an injury and I need to get it sorted. I'm going to listen to what she tells me. And that yeah. could be the exact same with a client. A client's desperate to get out of her restrictive cycle, to lose some body fat and comes to a coach they know more than me I don't know what I'm doing I'm struggling they're telling me to do this they must know what they're doing because they've got that authority and that's when it becomes like you said dangerous not just from a physical stance from a mental stance from oh from so many walks it's not just about physical health it's mental health and the same way that the more you gain weight the harder it is to pull it off the more you get into these restrictive mindsets and habits the harder it then is to undo and that's when yeah. it becomes seriously challenging at times. And I'm seriously yeah. challenging. When you're that. in that, like, you, you dieting cycle for years, that's when it's that they're the hardest to break out. It's doable, hmm. but it's the hardest to get out of that habit. Like, I think sometimes, like, it does just simply become a habit in a way. Hmm. Like, you get so used to that is the answer that you don't know what else to do. I have so many conversations with people like, I feel like I've been dieting for years, going from this, this to this, but all they know is do this, do that, or listen to what this person says, do this fad. And you get in that cycle where you, you don't know what else to do because all you've ever done is that. And it's trying to step out and break the habit and kind of break the comfort zone in a little bit and realizing I need to actually do something away from this for once. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think what we, I think to be honest, we both have this approach and not everyone has this approach and we're not saying that we're right and other people are wrong, but we like to see it as when we set people nutritional programs and protocols as we're not setting you a diet. We aren't mm -hmm. setting you a diet because I think the word diet has that connotation of as a, something with a time period on it. It's something that you do for X amount of weeks or an X amount of time to reach X result. We don't promote that. Even if you have an outcome goal, like a wedding, you want to look good for or a holiday, even then it's like, we're not giving you a diet here. We're giving you nutritional guidance, which is going to help get you from A to B, of course, but teach you things, which I want every single one of my clients to get to a point where they can be like, Lucy, I really like you. And I think you're amazing. And I love everything you've done for me, but you know what? I actually don't really need you. And yeah. if they want to continue working with me, fantastic but if they're like you know what job done I feel like I know what I'm doing now yeah I, I'll be so happy with that because I want to see every client leave and leave knowing with the knowledge that they can just go forward and do this the rest of their life and never have to worry or stress or panic again and can stay in shape and stay healthy and happy forever yeah that is the best part like I had a client message the other day and when we started she was like food label galore like worried about everything and she was just like I've just had um a, like a takeaway for my uh, brother's birthday it was his 30th and she handled it on her own and I was like there we go like she didn't think feel guilt she didn't mm. label it she just enjoyed it ate till she was full and moved past it and I was like that shows that you like you're learning how to do it and that means you're sh shaping a lifestyle now because you know how to do it and like you said that is the best part when you see people actually 
growing and actually shaping that better relationship with food like even doing it independently as well mm. it's like nanny mcphee isn't it where do you have you seen nanny <laughs> mcphee i love it you know when she says like you know if you when you want me but no longer need me and that sort of it's it's a bit oh like that God. isn't it it genuinely is and like, like like i said if people want to stay with me obviously yeah. that's brilliant and I'd, I'd love to help them and whatever it is but if if someone can leave on that term of you know what um I've really enjoyed coaching with you, but you know what? I feel like I know what I'm doing now. I feel really comfortable and confident to be able to just go and eat what I want and stay in shape. And I'll be like, yes, queen, you go. Yeah, I'll still support it. you. Yeah, go do it. it, go, be gone, have fun. That's you know, hard. I'd love yeah. that. Um, yeah. Again, I don't think many people have that. They want their transformation for the page. Look what my client has done. And then if they yeah. leave, it's like, well, why are you leaving? Yeah. And it, it is, and I think, I don't know about you, and I think you're quite similar to me, like, I put a huge emphasis on, like, mindset work as well, and I know you oh, do God, with yeah. your, and I think so many people just think mindset work's bullshit, I'm like, but it's a part of it, if you don't grow your mindset, you don't work on your mindset, you're never going to get where you want, because I believe the inner, the mindset is the most important part of it and you have to take that time especially in coaching as well or just even if you're doing it on your own just take that time to work on your mindset look at things like how am I viewing food why am I viewing food like this and what can I do rather than thinking I'm just going to go on another diet to lose weight well maybe the reason you struggle it to lose weight is because your food relationships preventing you from doing that you can't be consistent you're looking for a quick fix maybe we need to work on the mindset to help with getting the result and some people think oh it's a bit hoo ha lardy fardy whatever but I to me think it's really important and I think that time should be taken no 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 100% I am such such a big believer on mindset I, and it, like you said people think oh mindset mentality all of this thing and it's yeah. like yeah it's a very small thing but honest to god it makes the world of difference like I'll use this week for as an example like I don't like talking about myself but when you've gone through something it's a good example so the first lockdown I was a mess I'll put my hands up and if you've listened to some of my podcasts you'll know that I had some serious anxiety during the first lockdown um I was just so focused on everything I didn't have and when things went wrong I was like oh my god my life's going to mess and I literally cried all the time over like stupid stuff like I wanted for example I wanted a spoon for a certain bowl of porridge the spoon was in the dishwasher I cried that was the kind of mess I was in this yeah, week I I've had a week from hell I won't go into details but I've literally just had back-to-back bad news I've had an injury I've had some really serious bad news and I'm all right and the reason for that is because my mindset has shifted from homing in on these things that are beyond my control it's just being like you know what I've just got to focus on what I can control be grateful and gratitude such a big one as well um for what I do have what I can do and I feel all right like we were talking about earlier I was just sort of laughing about the fact that all these things have gone yeah. wrong because I'm in a different mindset and that can manifest with dieting as well and it's, it's so true because I've been out of shape on both ends I've been underweight I've been overweight and the, the what's helped me from get to out of both stages and both cycles is not the diet that I followed and it's not the exercise that I did but it was my thoughts and perceptions surrounding them and when they started to change and my values and attitudes started to change that's when the change happened not when I dropped my calories and started going to the gym more but when I started to look at my relationship with food break that down look at what I wanted from life what my goals were what my values were really focusing on them and that is what is I think missing that is what is my opinion is missing from a lot of these 
fads and weight clubs like we did the podcast and weight clubs like they've got some positive things but I think the massive I want to say mindset because I was speaking to my mum about this my mum still does Slimming World FYI and uh, no okay oh no banana. oh no <laughs> but um, I was saying to her like the mindset things missions because yeah but we do talk about mindset we talk about it was all really sort of namby-pamby sort of stuff. It's like, no, you actually need to get into the nitty-gritty. And it's the stuff I think that you actually don't want to talk about and the stuff that you yes. don't want to realise, that's the stuff you need to unlock because it's the stuff that so is painful true. to talk about and the stuff that, yeah, you know what, you don't want to admit, but that is the stuff that you need to bring to the surface because unless you deal with that, you're never going to change long-term. And if that sounds savage, it's because it is. It's true. Like, I always say, I say it all the time, like we have to dig deep you have to understand at the root why this is happening it's emotional it might make you have to bring up stuff you don't want to bring up maybe something from childhood or whatever I don't know and it's not the nicest thing but it is the best thing you'll ever do even though it is emotional because as soon as you understand why you understand the trigger you know actually what you're working over and the moment you know what you're working over you actually can work over it but until you don't understand that and you don't dig deep then you're gonna struggle and I always find with a lot of people until you do that that keeps cropping up and it will keep cropping up throughout your life until you work on it and it's the same with food relationships maybe you have had something happen or maybe I find a big one is how like people like say things about like food and stuff or maybe how somebody's called you or maybe it's that that you need to work on and the reason you can't stay to it is because that's always in your head that's holding you back not the fact you can't stick to it it's the fact that you've not dealt with the mindset and I'm huge on that as well. And I think you do have to understand the mindset and start, you know, talking about things in a better way and like looking at how you're viewing things. And that to me is the biggest part of improving a food relationship and getting out of the restrictive headspace. Mm, 100%. And it's also looking at dealing with, because not for everyone, but for a lot of people, it's never actually about the food. Um, a poor relationship with food stems from something else. And it's usually something internal. It's something to do with yourself, your self-perceptions, yeah. like, for me, I have, I got quite a, my first sort of poor food relationship was obviously the extreme restriction, which obviously led to an eating disorder. But that, and obviously I don't know, but I'm pretty sure from sort of talking to psychologists and doing self-development and looking at myself, that came from my personality, feeling that I was not good enough, feeling that I wanted yep. to impress people and that I was never quite good enough at something. People were always better and I wanted to prove myself which obviously manifested in me, you know, always wanting to under-eat, always wanting to, you know, yeah. it, it all sort of led to that. But that didn't come from me wanting to be thin. That came from me feeling out of control in my life and wanting to be that. And when I realised that that was a huge part of my personality, then it's been a game changer. And I'm not saying yeah. everyone's that extreme because they're not, but yeah. it's about unpicking that and being very critical and thinking, well, why do I why do I have such a poor relationship with food what why do I feel the needs to restrict why do I feel the need to, you know this it's, it's actually being almost like a psychologist on yourself like yeah honestly sense. I always say to people I always say to people literally and I do it all the time I'm like get a piece of paper my map that shit out write yes. it what mind map it and then some people once again be like oh it's a bit lardy dardy but honestly trust me if you really want to work on it journal about it get a book write about it talk about somebody you need to get it out because at the minute I found a lot of people it's all food labels everything's jumbled in your head like a scribbled 
piece of writing on a paper or whatever and you need to try and get it out to like yeah. understand it kind of piece it together rationalize it okay so that's why I'm doing this and that's how I'm doing this oh because that's that that that's because of that oh, I'm piecing it together now it makes more sense I know what I'm working over so I'd my map everything out mm. journal about it speak out somebody you trust to really get it out and understand what am I even working over right now and it, it honestly it it's the best thing I could recommend to start with. There's more to do, but as like the starting point, that is the two things I'd go do off the back of this if you really want to start like working on your food relationship. Oh God, yeah. And speak, touching on that, expanding on that. If you thoughts written down on paper become real, I always find when you actually write something down, when something's stuck in your head, it sort of isn't, it, it's real, but it sort of just, dwindles around yeah. floats around when it's on paper it becomes hard facts I tell a lot of my clients to do it with their goals instead of just thinking oh I want to lose half a stone by in two months time write that shit down or yeah. I set them it as a goal on the app that I use it's, it's a physical goal it's written there boom it's in paper or, or if you've got like a whiteboard that one of my clients has got this whiteboard with all of the goals the life goals the business goals write that down and when it's there it's real it's a real focus it's a real drive and it's the same with your thoughts journaling writing things down um, writing a diary it's again it's, it's like seeing childish or hippie do but honestly it makes such a difference actually it's like a form of just like getting it out you don't know, people say like punch something get it out that's you getting it out just in a less aggressive way because aggression aggression's not the way forward happiness is the way forward writing about your food relationship i think people see it on paper and they think why am i doing that yeah like they read it and they think that just doesn't seem right and then all of a sudden it's like that realization moment of what the fuck am I doing like why am I doing this with food and all of a sudden they have that click of a light bulb in the head and they're like that's not right I don't know why I'm doing it I actually need to work on this because they've seen it in front of them and it becomes more rational now mm -hmm. so even just for realization I'd, I'd recommend that oh I love the mindset chats oh I do too <laughs> let's go on to some um I don't know if you've written any down because obviously it was last week and she kept the question. Did you keep them? I've got the questions. I've got oh, the she's questions. She's so organised. I love it. I've got the questions Do you want to go first? Okay. okay. Um, I have three, but I'll, I'll pick, um, I'll pick this one first. I think it's quite a good one. Um, okay. when, to, when to know you need to stop being in a deficit, like when you are done with like the phase of being in a deficit. This is what somebody asked. Oh, that's quite, that's quite a, um, which I think is quite a good one. It's quite a good one. I guess there's a few ways you can approach that. Um, from a physical health standpoint, you know, if you are overweight and you are needing to drop body fat from a total health perspective, I don't like to use the word the term the BMI scale because I think it is there's so many flaws <laughs> with it. But yeah. using it as a sort of a guideline, you know, if you're well out into the morbidly obese, I mean yeah you do you need to drop some body fat so sort of making sure you are quote unquote around a healthy bmi don't use that as gospel because i'm pretty i'm verging on overweight sometimes it's like seriously i'm definitely not um, yeah <laughs> but use that as sort of a guideline and if you're falling into that bracket then you probably aren't how are you feeling as well you know you don't have to be slap bang in the middle of that bmi scale if you're on the heavier side but you're like you know what i feel really good i can eat yeah. decent amount of food um you know i can exercise i have to exercise every day my body seems pretty happy at this point yeah then yeah it's probably a good time to sort of be at maintenance calories another yeah. time to pull out of a deficit is through potentially a diet break so if this is for people who yeah. are dieting for a long period of time we're talking months on end 
um, if you're getting to a point where you're, you feel like almost like you're giving up or you've got a lot of diet fatigue, which can come from quite more sort of intense dieting, which is usually for something like a photo shoot, a bodybuilding prep, and you know, you're just tired, you're sluggish, you're actually maybe seeing stalled, that can be really good for a mental and physical reset. So that's just like a week or two yeah. maintenance. My issue with diet breaks is some people can't then go back into the thing of dieting because they're like, oh, I've had a bit more food. This is quite nice. I like it. Yeah, I, quite like this. yeah I, I agree. I say it's the signs of your body. Like you've just said, you experience fatigue, what's your mindset like? Are you showing signs that you need to have a break? Um, and then the, the feel good one is also what I'm going to say. Like a lot of the time people are, oh, I want to get to this number, but actually they realize they feel absolutely freaking amazing at where they've achieved and think, do you know what? This is this is where I'm, I'm comfortable. This is me. I'm good here. And then I'd say boom maintenance. That's what I tend to look for um, yeah. as well. People get so fixated on numbers like, and you won't feel well how do you know that you're gonna feel a certain way at a certain body weight because you really just don't especially if you've not i think people might use it like oh three years ago i was 10 stone and i I felt amazing all right yeah a lot might have happened that three stone if you've been going to the gym every day since you were at that 10 stone you may have gained a little bit of muscle tissue recomped your body so you might actually look and feel amazing at 11 stone so why are you trying to get down to 10 stone yeah i know for myself my body weight now, how I looked at this body weight three, four years ago, I hated it. I would not have been comfortable at all. But this is the thing. And I think people get so fixated on numbers and thinking when I get to this point and it's like, guys, you just need to be more relaxed about it because, and also when you do get to nine stone, things are going to come up and down, you know, when you're on your menstrual cycle, you're a bit stressed. Are you going to feel a bit crap the next day? Because you come on your menstrual cycle, your weight's gone up four pounds. Now I'm at nine stone four. I look the same, but my weight's gone up. So now I'm not happy. But that that is totally logical because you still look the same. So I think it's this, it's the thing, isn't it? It's the game with like diet clubs. There's too much emphasis on the scale weight and numbers and feeling a certain way at a certain number. You can't be controlled by numbers. You yeah, can't. You can't because- take happiness on a number. Like no. I always say it, it's cringy, but it's a journey, not a destination. You can't just think, I'm oh, going to yeah. be happy when I reach there no you've got to enjoy the journey because if you enjoy the journey you'll build your relationship with things and you'll probably feel amazing before that way and you've got to forget the numbers sometimes with that and just focus on other aspects because that fixation can be very very like negative for you I find that a lot well it's the same like with the diet clubs isn't it there's an end point you know you do your eight week shred you're at an end point then what if it's a journey and I'm going to be happy at nine stone okay then what what are you going to yeah. do at nine stone? You're just going to, you know, um, just, you know, it's a continuous yeah. journey. It's, yeah. it's the Very rest true. of your life. And yes, you'll get to a point where you don't have to think about it as much and it doesn't, you know, you don't have to, you know, you know how to sort of eat balanced and you know what exercise to do. And you'll get to a point where it's not as much of a every day I need to think about this because you know what to do. But it is going to be something that's the rest of your life. And I think there is actually a bit of negative stigma around the fact that you know people are a bit obsessed with counting calories and people are obsessed with their exercise like well yeah because that's looking after your mental and physical well-being you are nothing without your mental and physical health so if people Mm -hmm. do want to you know count their calories that's not a bad thing and if people do want to make sure they're having time to go to the gym why is it it's i mean there is i think there is quite a bit of a negative stigma around it all these people are a bit obsessed it's like they're obsessed with bettering their mental and physical health yeah Tell me why that's a bad thing. Yeah, I think it's it's so individual. Like, don't get me wrong. There are a few people probably who calorie counting probably not great for. And that is okay. It does not suit you. You know, anxiety and stuff. Okay. But 
if it works for you and it lets you have that freedom and lets you build on yourself, then why are people seeing it as an issue? Like you've got to do what suits you. And if tracking calories is helping you grow and helping you get where you want to be, then go do it. I mean, I track calories and I'm the happiest I've ever been. So <laughs> exactly. Some people need it. Some people don't. You've got to find what, what suits you and what's right for you. And that's what I always say. Oh yeah, there's no one, and that's another thing about us. Where I'm sure we're very flex- you're the same, flexible with your approach. Not one size fits all. The one one way I do things for certain clients won't be another. One client will have macros, one might have calories, one might not count yeah. calories at all. One might have rest day, training day calories. Some might have linear. Everyone's different. To pay some their likes, their needs, their experience. What to suit it to them? Hundred percent. And we're all different. You like yeah. this color, I like that color. You like doing yeah. this style of training, I like doing that style of training. Everyone's different, so you can't just give this one. And this is an issue with a lot of these plans. It's a plan. It's a preset plan. There you go. Okay, but that's a factor in the fact that I don't like that food. I only eat two meals a day. And, you know, it's got to be you first. Literally, I had a client who had one and he put codfish on hers, but she stated that she doesn't eat fish. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's so tailored. Oh, I can do better than that. I had a person who um, who I know who went with a, a very well-known and respected coach, actually. Um, a lot of people go to him. A lot of people value him. And... Um, I know he's done this a few t- times actually because I've spoken to a few people about it. I'm not going to name names, but you have yeah, to I'm not going to do that. I'm not <laughs> going to do that. That's not fair. Um, she stated, I have a, a nut allergy and I work in hospitals, so I'm on shift, so I can't eat like loads and loads of meals a day. On her plan was six meals a day, and the first meal was oats and peanut butter. She flagged this up and just said, oh, so, sorry, um, um, you know, I don't know if I've, you know, she knew full well, he just stops the copy and paste. But she gave him the benefit of the doubt and said, look, you know, I'm really sorry. Um, I don't know if, I, if you remember saying, but I, I can't eat all these meals because of my shift pattern. And I do actually have a nut allergy that could kill me. Do you want to hear the response? Yes. Well, you clearly don't want it bad enough. She's going to die if she eats that peanut butter, but she doesn't want it bad enough. See, once again, this is when somebody's in the authority and they think they mislead people. That's just a pure example to everybody listening of it. Um, yeah, that's that's the worrying thing to me. Um, and that's the one that genuinely makes... Do you ever just hear something and it makes you feel a little bit sick because you're sad that it happens? That's yeah. the kind of stuff that makes you feel like that. And, and I know it really how much this guy charges and it's just like, oh my crazy. God. It's like, is this... If you're going to charge... Um, a price that is to some people maybe a, a sufficient one but if you are worth it you have to make sure everything is tailored you have to be giving them what they are paying for and that is i'll always stand by that no 100 oh. like anyone can copy and paste anyone anyone can do that a child can do yeah. that yeah. <laughs> like literally i think when you get to about four years old in ict you'll learn how to copy and paste something <laughs> You'll get, oh, it's you'll so get kids in reception now being like <laughs> online coach, what they on their Instagram bike because kids these days do have phones, don't they? Honestly, I think this is a lot of the key, loads of people seem to be doing this in the industry, and I've got no issues with it because it's great. If you are a genuine online coach who's helping people, bearing people's quality of life, boom, I love you all. Like, I love Becca, I love these people, but I think people get misled by what it actually is. It's not copy and pasting, and it's not dictating, prescribing, it's coaching. Yeah. There is a difference. Yes, it comes with yeah. giving out programs as such, but that is literally, in my opinion, your program is about that much in terms of yeah. everything else that comes around it. That is what's critical and key. Your program's just like yeah. your baseline, your foundations, but everything else that comes with that, that's what matters to me. I'm sure you feel yeah. the exact same. 
No, absolutely. <clears throat> you've got to give the whole service and cover every single area. Like, I don't know if you've ever had it just like end this bit, but you have like people who are like, oh, it'd be so easy to do your job. You do nothing. I was like, nothing. I don't just click send to copied stuff. Like we sit and we tailor things. We learn the individual where they're at, what's happened to them. Every little part to make sure what you do is 100% tailored and suited to them, their past and everything. And obviously if you're not doing that, then you, the, you know, the profession might not be for you, but I think you need to make sure and realize that a lot goes into it. And if you're with somebody who is not giving a shit and not tailoring stuff to you, then maybe talk to them because everything should be suited for you unless you're buying like a one-off plan then that's different yeah. but yeah you've got well. no I'm not either but that's, that's another podcast isn't it, oh, it is. and also just to top off on that for anyone who does think we sit around all day just tapping on our computers writing programs um on top of everything that we do besides so when we get a check-in we're not just looking at face value we're analyzing it going in depth You've got to think as well, we are our own accountant, we're our own marketer, we're our own social media. We do all of the behind the scenes stuff. Admin days, all the fun stuff. <laughs> so I would I would not do I don't want to do anything else. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to be still I want to be like 90 years old, like coaching other 90 year olds to, you know, and I love it. I love everything that comes with it. But it is not easy. It is not yeah. easy. Things when people think, oh, you don't have to work much. Yeah, you do. You have I've been getting well, up at like 5 a.m. because I have like my to-do lists. You to-do list. See on your story. I'm like, Lucy's up again. Here she goes. It's because my to-do list just never gets done. And because you always you're doing something, you're like, oh, I could do this as well. I thought about this, yeah. I could do for my clients. I'll add that to my to-do list. And it, it never ends. Like in a nine to five, you go in, you do your jobs, or you don't quite finish it, I'll come back tomorrow. It's not like that when you work for yourself. Anyone who works for themselves will know that your to-do list just never ends. Right. That's because it's because we care yeah because we're like, we want to continue to give and do more like I'm never yeah. happy with what I'm doing I was thinking, oh my god there's so much more I could be doing for my clients there's so much more I could give for them yeah. it's like but it's like just stop but yeah. at the same time you've got to have balance with it yeah 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 I'm going off on a tangent so let's talk about dieting again because we've just started talking about it have you got any questions I have got some questions I'm gonna go I'm going to go with this one because it's very much linked to the being flexible, being restrictive. What are your thoughts on keto? <laughs> I got asked this question on a team Q and A the other day. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't usually, I'm not one to go shit on loads of things. I try to avoid out the rants now, but to me, anything that makes you cut things out, I'm not there for. The only time I think you should cut something out is if you are allergic to, to it. Yes, maybe you have to reduce some things to help align with the goal completely, but I don't think you should ever be in a position where you have to cut food or food groups out if you enjoy them. Um, and I had a conversation with somebody the other day who signed up about with me, and she was talking about a past keto, and she wasn't even able to eat a banana because of, of keto. And I think is that a lifestyle um now if you prefer eating less carbs sweet you do you and some people prefer that hmm. but i think going strictly saying you can't eat this food group that i'm not there for and i personally will not say i agree with it 100 i agree again it comes to that thing of what did you do afterwards that's not something you can yeah. sustain the rest of your life hell no and also, you are gonna like mad after that 100 it's gonna come down to it like i don't know if i've talked about it on I've talked about it so much. It's that theory of constraint theory that is got so much research behind it in psychology. The more you deprive yourself of something, 
the more your craving intensifies. And then when you do actually give yourself that little bit, you end up overeating and going beyond what you'd normally eat anyway, because the, the cravings are so intense. And also Insightful. what I don't like about keto is it's, it, again, it adds to the stigma of demonization of carbs, which is, is complete and utter trash. And it's not a good diet because if you think about it as well, you're eating increased fat. Now fat, you definitely want fat in your diet, but in terms of food volume, for the how much fat you have, it's not as much because there's more calories per gram of fat than there is carbs. Carbs are actually a great way of adding food volume because they're not, you know, especially things like, let's give for example of, I had a pack of butternut squash chips. And if you've ever had those from Sainsbury's, they're really good. Oh. Lock them in an air fryer, they're fantastic. And for a full That's pack of those, you know, probably about this big, it's like 20 carb or something, which is nothing. But I had like steak and chips and it was banging. So I don't think it is actually a beneficial thing to do in, in terms of dieting. And also, if you look at a lot of the, the health benefits of carbohydrates and the benefits just day to day, there's so many. Why would you want to cut them out? Energy, fiber, digestion. Um, your fruits and veg do classify as carbohydrates. So are you not going to eat any fruits and veg? You tell me a diet without fruit and veg is healthy. You can't. No, it's, it's like not. the thing you learn as a kid, like one of the rules, isn't it? Like eat your fruit and veg and stuff. You need to incorporate it. And I, I think once again, like it creates fear with carbs. And the big issue as well is we're not educating people. People are thinking I'm losing weight because I'm doing keto. No, you've cut out carbs, which means you've reduced calories drastically. Mm. That's why you're losing weight. It's because you're in an excessive restricted calorie deficit. And I think once again, it comes down to that education. And from a point of view of, especially with the people I work with, Keto is probably just going to mess up your food relationship. Oh, so God, yeah. I probably won't work it because you are going to, once again, aftermath, what's going to happen. And I think the after effect and the, the food relationship consequences you can face means that I, I would not recommend doing keto to anybody. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do keto. Personally, I wouldn't do it myself. I've been on low carb and that was bad enough. And when I say low carb, it was still about 100 grams of carbs, which is low, but still an amount. Something. Yeah. And I found that horrible. I found that like, oh my God, I miss it so much. And it's like, yeah. no, just uh, if, like you said, if you, if you find that eating less carbohydrates suits you is better, good. don't yeah. restrict yourself from it. Do not think I always say, yeah, look at you, look at your language. Say, um, I don't, instead of saying I can't have carbs, I don't want carbs in this meal. Not that you can't, you may not want, yeah. you are allowed. It's not that you can't, you've just got to suit the language better and see what works for you. That's 100%. what I'd go down. Do you want to take another one? I'll take another one and we'll wrap that up there. Um, I will go for this one because it's food related. Um, how to deal with pressure from others when it comes to food and what you eat, That's a big which one. I think is quite a big one um which I will have to do quite fast but um I think as well especially after Christmas I had a lot of conversations about this with um oh enjoy yourself it's this or why are you eating too much I hear those ones quite a lot um or just people like family members like using labels um you go ahead yours and then you you speak first because technically my question um, I'm taking the limelight <laughs> I think flex, I think there is pressure on people that you live with and I mean now fortunately there isn't as much pressure around sort of social occasions which in some respects is very beneficial for people who are wanting to diet because I think social occasions is a big one but yes you've just got to remember and always focus on why you're doing what you're doing and if people mm -hmm. aren't understanding if it's family members have you had that conversation with them as to why this matters to you why it's so yeah. important with you not trying to make them feel bad but make them understand like if if they're saying oh you're just on a diet you're boring well they probably are going to maybe have like a few comments to say but if they actually know that you know what um 
I'm doing this because I'm so unhappy with how I look and I really want to make this change and I start to feel happy again. If people understand that, that this really means something to you, then they'd have to be a complete and a horrible person to make a negative comment because if, you know, if, if something mattered to them, you know, like, for example, I don't know, their job mattered to them and they really wanted to get this promotion they were working lots of hours to get a promotion you wouldn't be like start making comments like why are you working all of these hours because you know how much that means to them and if you love and care and support them you're gonna back them you know and then so i think that's one thing and i definitely genuinely conversation yeah and another thing i say to people is okay well if, if for example that doesn't work or people are still being idiots one thing i love to say to people is and it's it's so true and it might not seem like it now to, to you if you're listening but it, it does it's happened to me it's happened to my clients and i've listened to all the podcasts and people have said the same first they will ask you why then they will ask you how yep a lot of the reason why is people don't understand or there is a bit of jealousy you know a bit of a yeah. oh, so true okay. you're working on yourself yeah so people might say negative things now they might have a few things to say but when they see that you look amazing when they see that you are happier when they see all of these positives that come with making these healthy lifestyle habits and changes don't be surprised when they start asking you for advice or they ask you how you've done that or what meals are you eating are you you, do you have a personal trainer you know when they start to ask you all these little questions and then taking an interest these people will come back to you and i promise you the tables will turn they always do yeah that's literally what i say and like i always just say to yourself like what suits me in this scenario like listen to what your body wants and do what suits you like i always say all the time stay in your own lane people are gonna be there like just ask yourself i don't know like a big scenario quickly like i like i don't know someone's having a takeaway and sometimes you actually don't i'm not saying you can't have the takeaway but sometimes you don't actually want the takeaway and you might just have to ask yourself do i want it no well i'm gonna stand my ground and follow what suits me and one thing i always tell people if somebody has that much of an issue and they want to make a comment 30 seconds later they'll have forgot about it so it's not really going to make an impact um i definitely say have a conversation with them about it to tell them like how much it means to you and then just ask yourself what suits me right now and follow that because you're number one you've got to prioritize yourself and you've got to put that time in for you and listen to actually what you want not what somebody else wants 100 bang on okay go on then last question final one can you be too flexible was the question i think that's a good one that's a good question i'm gonna say i'm gonna go off the back there and just say yes straight away and i agree i think you can like don't get me wrong i and you know this preach moderation and balance to the high heavens on my uh, social Mm. media platform but we can't be dickheads with food (laughs) basically We have to have limits, especially if we are aligning our nutrition towards a particular goal. We have to have limits. We have to have, I'm not saying restriction, but we have to have a limit. We think, right, this is crazy. You can't go home every day and think, I'm being flexible. I'm going to eat a bag of biscuits because that isn't going to align you. We have to maybe have two or three, but know our limits. So yeah, I think flexible is great, but you've got to know with everything, the line, because you can cross a line with it and we can't take it too far, which is why when I say balance, there's a balance between the two and it's not just saying I can do what I want, if that makes sense. I agree. And it's also, you've got to think of it from a health perspective as well. Like a lot of the reason people yep. make these changes is 
to look and feel good now we're feeling good is about obviously just sort of energy and feeling body confident but it's also about your insides and the reason yeah. that we preach whole foods and going for this approach is not because we're you know all about the clean eating and that it's because there is genuine health benefits to these yeah. macronutrient groups protein your growth repair if you're training you know if you've got if you're in the gym and you wanting to build a little bit of lean muscle you need your protein you need your good quality sources yeah. of protein carbohydrates energy fiber digestion fats oh my god fats the amount of health benefits that you need from your fats your hormone balance skin honestly the, the list is just endless yeah and you need to focus on you, then you've got your micronutrients under that as well you know your, your vitamins your minerals which come from your whole food you don't get your, you know your iron from eating a bag of biscuits you get your iron from yeah. having your red meat your leafy veg you need all of these things this is what your body needs and it's like there's no point just trying to lose body fat you need to think about your health as well and how you actually feeling because if you for example you could eat a bag of biscuits a day and drop body fat you could theoretically speaking if you're eating 700 calories of biscuits and you need so much where's your nutrients you've got no iron you've got no b12 coming from that you are gonna feel like trash absolute trash your skin's gonna be horrible your nails and hair are gonna be horrible so yeah you've dropped weight but your skin's a mess your hair's a mess you feel like rubbish um is that something you really want to do I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, that's why I agree massively. Like, we're not promoting flexible to mean you can have takeaways for every single meal. We're promoting no. flexible so you don't feel restricted. But you have to deal with how you're feeling in yourself because if not, you'll feel groggy. And if you feel groggy, that's not going to be good for how you feel overall and your well-being. So you have to fuel yourself well, get your fruit, veggies in, get your protein in. Yes, do that. But just know I can have other foods too, but within moderation because your health matters and without your health, you're you've not got a lot you need your health um so yeah make sure you have the balance between the two because it's not a promotion of eat what you want for every meal it's a promotion of find your balance with food and don't miss out but also make sure you feel yourself well because you what you put in your body matters and how you look after yourself is super important it's like that really cliche old saying is that you are what you eat and it's like oh but at the same time at the same time, there is merit. If you eat good quality food for the majority of your diet, you're going to feel good. It's like when you eat a load of, when you know when you feel eating a load of rubbish, you just feel really lethargic and tired and a bit oh, gross. You feel boggy. You do. You feel gross. So it, it all comes down to that. And Sorry, I think, I'm just thinking because I think of a story. <laughs> go on then. Finish on a story. When you say you are what you eat, and this, I can't believe I'm telling this on a podcast. It's never that funny, I'll but say. I just think it's funny. I used to be a little kid and I used to be, <laughs> I used to say to my mum, I'd be like, what, am I an apple then? <laughs> and I used to go around saying it. This is how weird I am, by the way, people. <laughs> she's, she's lying. She still does this now. Like, she'll go to people going, oh, yeah, so I still go, am I a baller apple or am I a pink lady? I don't. <laughs> oh, I think, gosh. oh, it's like, and that's not the same, by the way, that if you eat potatoes, because potatoes are really good. We're calling you a potato by no means. So <laughs> don't get offended by Potatoes are really good. <laughs> white potato oh. brilliant food but anyway we've gone off on a bit of a tangent there but let's wrap I, I just up. add humor <laughs> yeah, of course we don't, we don't want to be totally boring like you know you have a bit of banner gotta be a bit fun otherwise <laughs> people have switched off five minutes ten minutes ago but yeah, anyway, let's, finish big let's finish off on the signature question you know what the signature question is don't you i know because i listen to all your podcasts so have you prepared for this one kind of oh. hear me out okay okay 
For anyone who doesn't know what the signature question is and perhaps is a new listener to the podcast, please go back and listen to the old podcast and then come back. No, I'm joking. It's all about cereal. <laughs> I always ask everyone what their favourite cereal is. It's just a little trademark because cereal matters. The floor right. is yours. My initial answer is going to be, I love like the crunchy nut clusters. They are like my thing. I love them. But They're good. I was then thinking, and I want to know if you remember these, and I want to try and see I see them right. Do you remember Ricicles with the they little guy? They were on the-, the best. Oh my god, I have to add them in because they are discontinued, and you can't get your hands on them anywhere. But they were my favourite with the little guy in the rocket thing. Ricicles yeah. were the bomb, and if I could make one product not be discontinued, it would be them because I used to love them in the little I'm variety so packs. I'm so glad it's not just me. But like, I'm so I surprised myself to sleep for missing them. They were crap. They were like the best thing. And they just got to, then they came back for like a really short period of time. Yes. And then they went. Why are they just, one, why are they discontinued? And two, I why does like Asda not just jump on it and make their own like version of it and just call them like frosted rice or I something? Buy, I would walk by that. And I, oh, I yeah, that's one that I loved and I really wish they never stopped selling them. There's so many products. I'm like, why you can't make them yourself? Like, you can't just put a bit of sugar on Rice Krispies. It doesn't work. Like, it's you like need that little sugar on your cornflakes. They're not frosties. You can try, but it's <laughs> not the same. And it's a bod yeah. DIY job. <laughs> well, maybe if if coaching just doesn't work out for us and we're like, maybe this could be the next thing. We go back into the cereal business together. Or we could just do a side hustle, to be honest with you. And let's. Um, why not? We'll we'll bring out a new rice school products for everybody who misses them. Invest it. Just and if no one else misses them, well, that's just more for us. Brilliant. For us, yeah, we'll just have like boxes in here. It's fine. We'll just eat our own. Like no one's buying them. What a shame. We're sat there just flexing. Bob's <laughs> aren't bad guys. <laughs> I think that oh, brings it to a good end. To be honest. Um, yeah, lovely. It'll look great ending. <laughs> great value there. Um, but thank you for joining me on the podcast. Um, second attempt. I was gonna be really nasty. Nice I was gonna be like a complete idiot and say, "Oh my god, I forgot to press record or something," and just make you like want to like jump off a cliff. But no, it's recorded. I'd be like, "Well, I remove status of friends now for that." No, I'm kidding. No, thank you for having me on. Anyway, we finally no, it's got been there. Great. I hope you enjoyed listening. Oh, if people don't follow you, um, where can they find you on Instagram? Um, Instagram is at bestrong.pt and then I've also got a podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts which is called the Get Up and Glow Podcast. I have got an episode on there with Lucy from lockdown one so like sometime May last year or wasn't yeah it? and I'm probably going to be getting you on again anyway because I need Yay. to get more guests on also check that out um so yeah that's pretty much where you can find me Instagram and like podcast is like my main thing do go check her out guys you know I don't BS and say go follow people sake of it she put some awesome stuff on um instagram and a podcast fantastic as well so definitely go check those out and that ends things nicely no thank you for having me on pleasure and we'll see you on the next one guys